Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. We are going to be discussing your man, your man's uh, Stephen A. Smith. Now, for those of you who have been following the channel, uh, for at least the last, let me say, six months to a year, you will know how I feel about Stephen A. Smith. I've always said that uh, Stephen A. Smith is obviously very talented. Um, he is the fa- he is the undoubted face of ESPN. He has one of the biggest shows out there. Um, you know, he's good at what he does. He's very talented. Uh, he knows his stuff. However. Uh, Stephen A. Smith is what some would consider a grimy dude. I think he's a grimy dude. I think Stephen A. Smith has this um, very arrogant attitude that he always likes to display. He acts like as if um, he's on the Forbes 400. If you hear him talk, you would think you would think Stephen A. Smith is Michael Jordan the way you hear him talk. You would think the guy makes $125 million every year with the way he carries himself. Um, and it's just something that kind of turns people off. The other thing I've noticed that he does, and I've been saying it in some of the shows here, especially with some of the shows pertaining to the news that came out about about Max Kellerman, maybe, what is it, about two weeks ago. Stephen A. Smith has this habit of, and I've been saying it, he has this habit of right before he's about to flame somebody and say some really grimy things about them, He'll start off by saying nice things. Oh, I think he's one of the greatest players of all time. He's a top player in history. Uh, you know, he's super talented. But, but he'll say all of these things just to get it out of the way, like his qualifiers to say, well, I said nice things about you and then totally disrespect. That's his way. I've always said that. He'll say he's this, he's that, he's this. We all know he's a champion. We all know this. Five-time NBA champ. Blah, blah. And then the minute he gets all that out the way, he'll start saying some grimy stuff. And I'm like, yo... It's like the person that says no offense and that says something incredibly disrespectful. Whenever somebody says no offense, they're going to say something very, very offensive. And that's something I'm like, yo, if you if you really feel a way about this person, stop with all of the niceties and saying all of these. Just just go straight to the point. Just be real about how you really, really feel. That's what I've always uh, said about him. And I didn't like the way he was talking to Max Kellerman and treating him recently. That's a grimy, like what he did was a is something a grimy dude would do. Max Kellerman, as we speak, is currently unemployed. And you find yourself on the Joe Button podcast talking greasy about this dude, how he how he didn't have, even have the qualification, all of these different things. And people are sitting there looking at him like, yo, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Like who sent you to do all of this work uh, that you're doing? So yesterday... I was going through the internet and a video was recommended to me from Vlad TV. And I usually follow Vlad for his NBA content. Sometimes I see some of his boozy videos because y'all know boozy is hilarious. But um, I usually follow him for his NBA videos. So yesterday, a video was recommended to me from his sit down, uh, his recent sit down, excuse me, that he had with LeVar Ball. Now, for those of you who may not know, LeVar Ball is the father of Lonzo Ball, LaMelo Ball. Who um who's his two sons who play in the NBA? Uh, a number of years ago, he was making a lot of noise. This was before uh, Lonzo Ball made it into the NBA. He was going on a plethora of shows, undisputed when Shannon Sharp was still there. ESPN first take, and 
he was one of these dads that was just really, 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 really big on promoting his son. Right? He was really big on that. And then in the meantime, uh, in between time, he was also promoting his band, his brand, the ball, a big baller brand, the Triple Bs, right? Big baller brand. So he was doing that as well. And he has some pretty, pretty interesting moments on television. He had the moment when he was on, I think it was on Undisputed, where he said that Lonzo Ball is the best player on the Lakers. And Shannon Sharp looked at him. He's like, he's better than LeBron. He said, absolutely. And we were all like, man, come on, stop. Right? Like, so he does that. And he was, he was doing that recently. So yesterday, I came across this clip. And in the thumbnail, I mean, excuse me, the title, it says, LeVar Ball goes at... Um, Charles Barkley, Stephen A. Smith, and all and other other people. So I click on a video to hear what he had to say because I was very interested to hear what he had to say about these people. And as I clicked on it, and he started to talk about Stephen A. Smith, he was talking to Vlad. Everything I don't know if it's like he saw our show, but everything he was saying about Stephen A. Smith was the exact things I was complaining about on this channel. So what we want to do is we want to play what LeVar Ball had to say about Stephen A. Smith, and then we want to come back and continue, continue on the show. Take a listen to what he had to say here. Around this time, he made a comment. He said, back in my heyday, I would kill Michael Jordan Easy. one-on-one. Easy. Too fast, too strong. There's nothing he could do. He, two, 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 he weighed 210 pounds. I'm weighing 270 and can jump fast. I'm just going to bag him in, push him off his feet. He's like a little baby to me. And give him a jump hook because I was skilled with either hand to do a jump hook. That's all. You can't block no jump hooks. Well, you went on first take. You and Stephen A. Smith yes. went at it <laughs> over this comment. I call him the Rudy Poop. Now, I call Stephen A. Smith a $3 bill because he's faking it and I don't know what. That's why I call him the $3 bill. People think I like him. I don't like him. He think I like him. I'll be like, no, but you want to talk crazy. This is my thing. He talks crazy, but then be like, I like the father. I like the... No, you don't. You just talk. You talk bad about my sons. You talk bad about me. And then with all due respect, I like him. I'm, no, don't say nothing crazy and then try to backpedal. Yeah, I don't like Stephen A. Smith either. No, no, the, I don't the, like The first this time I actually met him, it was at a Jordan party in L.A. Oh. We were waiting in line for the bus to, to take us back. Michael Jordan walked by. He was, you know, waved to him and everything oh. else like that. And I turn around, I'm like, oh, Stephen A. Smith. I'm like, oh, yeah, we cover you a lot on, on Vlad TV. And you know what he said? Everybody does. See, yeah. Just, was, just a like straight man. Yeah. Way to answer like well not everyone has a hundred million subscribers he's than a three dollar like, bill his biggest thing was with me on there nobody remembers him saying nothing but me and him going in and they would have me more to come on there and be like yo but i'm not gonna help him no more nah i don't even want to come on your show no more i don't want to do nothing you go ahead and do your thing yeah and you conform and you're gonna do whatever but hey you're the last one at some point they'll fire you because a lot of folks who talk that trash about me like i told them you employees from Jason Whitlock to Jeff Goodman to all these guys that was on ESPN, everybody who came at me, you ain't there no more. Charles Barkley said, I just don't like the guy at all. Yeah. Speaking about you. And here's the thing, I don't like him at all. So you heard what LeVar Ball had to say there. Now I want to take my time with this. I want to take my time and I don't want to rush. If you listen very carefully to that soundbite, the two people discussing Stephen A. Smith said, what about him? LeVar was saying that Stephen A. Smith is fake. He was saying that he's somebody that likes to pretend like he likes a person and says nice things about him, and then immediately trashes them afterwards. He said, if that's the way you really feel, spare me with all of these niceties and keep it 100 with me. But don't spit in my face and tell me that it's raining. That was one of the things that he said. Another thing is, if, other thing, if you were paying attention, is what Vlad said about his encounter 
uh, was Stephen A. Smith, where he was at a Jordan party and he introduced himself. He said, hey, you're Stephen A. Smith. Everybody. Know, and he goes, um, we, we cover you sometimes on our show. And then Stephen A. Smith says, turns around and says, well, of course, uh, everybody does this. That 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 response right there is a typical Stephen A. Smith response. Typical, a total clownish response. That's what a clown does. And I'll tell you why. I mentioned this maybe about a month or so ago on this channel. I'm going to mention it to you again. Stephen A. Smith is one of the most arrogant people I've ever seen. Ever. His arrogance knows no bounds. Like, it's unbelievable. And I don't understand why he can't be a little bit more graceful about his position. Stephen A. Smith is more arrogant than LeBron James. Like, he talks more bleep than LeBron. Like, think about that for a second. Think about that. I want to give you guys a quick story here about... Uh, let me say two months ago, I went to, what was it? I think it was my birthday or something like that. I went to go, no, no, it was during our break. We were on a break in August and we went on break and went to this hotel here and I was like, okay, I'll spend two days with my wife and just kind of relax or whatever. Now this hotel is the chairman of this hotel uh, is Tony Alumalu, right? One of the richest businessmen uh, in the world. If you don't know him, Google him. He's a billionaire now, although currencies fluctuate, but he's a billionaire. Um, and he's the chairman, I think chairman and CEO of UBA Bank, um, Transcorp Hilton and all of this. So I, I follow him on Instagram. So I was like, man, I would like to meet this guy. I would like to meet this guy. I'd like to meet this guy. Right. And I, I told my wife, I'm like, I bet you I'm going to meet him this weekend. I bet you I'm going meet to him, meet, him, meet him this weekend. So me and my wife get into a fight. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just go downstairs uh, and have dinner by myself and just... Like, just be on my, my phone or whatever. So I'm sitting there, and as I'm eating, who walks in? I see, like, the general manager of the restaurant or whatever, the manager of the restaurant, was, like, moving around really quick. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And usually when you see something like that, you know an important, important person is coming. Then next thing you know, I see the man's wife pass, Tony Alumilu's wife. And next thing you know, I see him pass. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, like this is the guy, right? This guy's like, you know, this is him. This guy's a billionaire. This is a guy I'm always watching. So I build up the courage to, while he was waiting to get some food or whatever it was, I go up to him and I'm like, hey, uh, sir, you know, it's nice to meet you. My name is so-and-so. I follow you all the time and this and this and this. He was a very pleasant man. He was like, oh, thank you. And then I was like, if you don't mind, please, uh, would you mind taking a picture with me? And he goes, sure, absolutely. So we take a selfie. I'm cheesing like you won't believe. And then he goes, so what do you do? And I tell him what I do. He was like, okay. And then he gestures. He's like, just come with me over here. And I'm like, I looked at the guy. I'm like, he, not, he, he must be talking to somebody else over there. And I go over there to him. And he goes, he's sitting down to get ready to sit down with his wife and eat. He goes to his assistant. He goes, give him my, give him my email. And I'm like, okay, is this happening? So as I'm collecting his email, I'm looking at the assistant. I say to the assistant, I said, is this really happening? The assistant looks at me and says, yes, it's really happening. So I exchange his email, whatever. I say all of that to say this. Why am I bringing up the story? Here you have somebody that's a billionaire. A billionaire. But was humble enough to greet people and humble himself to be like a normal person. And just talk to you on a normal level. Had that been Stephen A. Smith and he was a billionaire, Stephen A. Smith would probably have security standing with him at a buffet line to make sure nobody even tap bumps into him. That's the type of, in my view, 
the day I lost respect from, I don't care if he sees his video. I really don't give a, you know what? I don't care. I don't need people like this. I don't need dudes like that. I'm sorry. But the day I lost respect for him is when he was disrespecting Shoei Otani and those, those Nigerian players. That's when I lost total respect for him doing it on purpose. And had he not been forced to apologize, he wouldn't have apologized. That's when I know I said, okay, I can't rock with this dude. So to hear Laval Ball say this, to hear Terrell Owens say that this dude is fake. He's like, stop saying nice things about me before you trash me. Bro, at a certain point, we gotta, you got to look in the mirror. It ain't, it ain't everybody. It ain't everybody. If Stephen A. Smith releases a report, and one of the reasons he could possibly, I'm talking about LeVar Ball, could possibly have a beef with Stephen A. Smith. If you guys remember about a month or so ago, Stephen A. Smith went on ESPN First Take and said about Lonzo Ball, according to his sources, he can barely stand up out of a chair. That's what he said. He said he could barely stand up out of a chair. Lonzo Ball hears that. He produces a quick video of him standing up and sitting down on one leg. And he goes, Stephen A. Smith, I like you, man, but where are you getting your sources from? That's all he said. The very next day, Stephen A. Smith goes on his, you know, goes on ESPN first take, tells the dude, what do you think you're doing? Da, 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 just close your mouth. Then he goes on his podcast and threatens to now release uh, uh, private information about where he got his surgery, the day he got his surgery, the name of the doctor that gave him his surgery. And I'm like, yo, who does this? Who does this? And then at the very beginning of that, go, Lonzo Ball is a really great player. He's really, really talented. He's this and this and this. And, and then right after that, goes out there and trashes them. The very same thing he did with Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens is one of the best wide receivers in NFL history. He's a great player, talented, blah, 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 blah. Now, let me pull up a file of all of his cases for you. Terrell Owens did this. He had this incident. He had that incident. Now, I would never go into the details. But he had all of these incidents. It's like, why are you doing this? So for LeVar Ball to come out and say that dude is fake and I met him and he's fake. Kazo, it's you. You're the common denominator. It ain't all these people. It's not Kevin Durant. It's not Lonzo Ball. It's not Terrell Owens. It's not, uh, I think, Kenyon Martin at one point. It's not LeVar Ball. It's not, all, I mean, you're the common denominator. Look how you were trashing your former partner, Max. You trashed the guy so bad that even his former partner, Marcellus Wally, had to say, bro, what are you doing? Why are you doing all of this? So I love it. I love it. It's like, dude, we know you are grimy. Dude. We know this. Just own it. Stop with the, oh, he's talented and he's this and he's that. Just say what you think and then leave it at that so people will know exactly where you stand. And I've always said it about a Stephen A. Smith, and I'm going to say it here. We're talking sports. None of us are kingpins. None of us are running down on nobody. None of us here are putting our goon down on it. None of us are doing that. Let's stop with the John Gotti talk and all of this other talk. Like, we're, like we're not doing that under any circumstances. Now, whether you know somebody that's live and this, but that's everybody knows somebody that's live. But let's stop with the, yo, you better stop and shut up. Like, come on, stop dead serious. And Kurt, like, yo, cut it out. We talking sports. Like, we talking sports. None of us are going to spin a block on nobody. Let's stop. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now let's continue to the next segment. 
Today's Saturday, as you guys know, and prior to producing this show, us here at Dreamers Pro, we had we, we, we were getting ready to throw up our hands in the sky and say, bro, there's nothing to talk about. We're going to talk about that one video uh, today that we got, I'm sure, depending on when you guys see these shows, and then we're going to call it a day. Like, there's nothing to talk about. So, right before, like maybe 10 minutes before we started, uh, we started shooting, I came across an article from the Sports Rush. And in this article, it had a a very, very interesting uh, headline, which essentially was centered on some comments that a former Toronto Raptor had to make about Kevin Durant in the 2019 NBA Finals, about how something about something about game planning for KD. And I was like, okay, what's this? So I click on the article and I start to read through it. And then I get to the part where there's a video. And in this video, the teammate uh, was Danny Green. As you guys know, Danny Green was a former Spur, former Toronto Raptor, former Laker. Uh, I don't know what team he's playing for now, but he's a multiple-time champion, three-point guy, 3-and-D guy, right? So I click on uh, the video. And in the video, you can hear Danny Green basically talking about what it was like to game plan for KD when he was in the roster versus game planning uh, without KD. And he seemed to suggest that it was easier to game plan for the Warriors when Kevin Durant uh, was on, uh, when he was playing on the team, which is very, very interesting because the way the Warriors were described, they were described as like, uh, you know, the, 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 the dream team or something in the NBA. So what we want to do is want to quickly play what he had to say is less than a minute or so. Uh, and then we'll come back and continue on with the show. Take a listen to what Danny Green had to say here. We, we wanted to play them healthy, um, but that doesn't, always, that doesn't always happen. What did the mindset go to when you found out K was coming back? KD? Yeah. I was like, shit, hell yeah. Like, this is what we this want. This is what we yeah. want. Because you don't want, want it to be like, no nah, excuses with yeah, it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? This is what we want. Um, mind you, I'm not saying they played better without him. I felt they played different, and it was harder to scout for him. It's just more more continuity, harder to scout, harder to scout. With him, it's like you know there's going to be some point in the time where the ball is going to stop moving. You know what I'm saying? Like you could focus on an area. It's not shit I got to run around, chase Steph, Clay, Draymond, Zaza sitting the screen. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what I'm saying? It was like, all right, still hard to, still hard to guard. <laughs> Katie's hard to guard, but it's like, all right, I'm not running around. I know where this is going. I can predict where it's going. Maybe we can stop this. We're gonna give, they're going to give it to him in the mid post or something. He's going to make a one-on-one move. They're going to do this some part of the game to where we can predict that and throw something at them. So you heard uh, what Danny Green had to say uh, there. So what are my thoughts on what he had to say? I'm sure when some people heard that, or maybe let me say the vast majority of people that heard what he had to say, I'm sure a lot of them were like, oh, it's Cap, he capping, he capping, he capping, he capping, he capping. Why, Why would they say this? Because the Warriors, that particular roster, especially that 2017 and onwards team, uh, historically, a lot of people think that that is the greatest amalgamation of talent on an NBA team in NBA history. That's what that's what some people believe. They they believe that that was the most difficult team to beat uh, in an NBA playoff series or in an NBA finals, and that team was pretty stout. I mean, you have a team that had before they added KD. You had a what seventy three and what was it seventy three and nine? I forgot the record was. Uh, Warriors team 
with Stephen Curry, unanimous, unanimous MVP, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, you got Steve Kerr, Sean Livingston. I think Andre Godala was on that team. Um, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Bo- Bo- Bogert. Uh, no, not Bo- um, um, Zaza Pachulia. All of these different Bogut. I think he was on that team, if I'm not mistaken. They had all of these uh, all of these guys playing on that team, right? Very, very good team. Uh, and then the very next season, after losing to the, the LeBron and the, the Cavs, they now come up, come back the next season and then add Kevin Durant in free agency uh, to the roster, a move that at the time uh, broke the internet. And at the time, a lot of people felt like this team was absolutely unbeatable. And in the NBA Finals, they looked that way, at least for the first two uh, years that they played together. But then what happened? Something happened um, in 2019. That season, 2018-2019 season, that season, the Warriors ended up having a different opponent in the NBA Finals, and that team was the Toronto Raptors that was led by Kawhi Leonard. Now, what was interesting, that year Kawhi only played for 60 of the 82 games that season, and because he was coming off of an injury while he was a Toronto Raptor, uh, excuse me, but when he was a San Antonio Spur. Um, so he only played that amount of games. And that team was coming off of some very um, painful losses, especially the loss that they suffered to LeBron's Cavs after getting swept in the Eastern Conference Finals in an absolutely embarrassing fashion as they absolutely and totally collapsed. The only major difference on that roster that year was the addition of Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green and swapping out DeMar DeRozan. And I forgot the other player that they moved uh, him for to make that deal happen. So they come into that season and going into the playoffs, no one was really betting on the Toronto Raptors. As a matter of fact, a lot of people that are now saying that that are that are now saying that the Raptors got lucky were the same people picking against the Raptors from round two onwards. The Stephen A. Smith, the Paul Pierce, a lot of them picked against the Raptors in game uh, in, in round two against the Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, uh, what is it, Sixers. They beat them. Then a lot of them were picking them to lose, especially after they went down 0-2 to the, what's the team, to the, um, oh, Lord, what's the team, Milwaukee Bucks. They picked them to lose that series. They won. And then what happened? See, these people are full of you-know-what. Going into the finals, I remember when those guys were making their finals predictions, and almost all of them, including Stephen A. Smith, all picked the Warriors to beat the Raptors. Now, here's the kicker. This is the stupidity of these people. They picked the Raptors to lose even without KD. This is the stupidity and disingenuousness of these people. They picked the Raptors to lose with or without Kevin Durant. But what has been the talking point ever since that championship? Kawhi Leonard and these guys would have never won that championship had there been a healthy, had there been uh, a healthy Kevin Durant. And now is the time I'm going to destroy you guys uh, with some facts. Here are the facts, and I want to state them clearly for you guys so it was understood, so there'll be no uh, misunderstandings about it. Let's look at the regular season record against those two teams in the regular season uh, that year. In the 2018-2019 campaign, the Toronto Raptors faced the Warriors two times. As you guys know, two teams on various conferences, only going to play each other twice. That year, when they faced each other, uh, the first game that they played, um, the Raptors won that game 113 to 93. The second game they played each other, the Raptors won that game 128 
to 131. Now, here's the very interesting part about it. Both of those games that they won, uh, Kevin Durant played in both of those games. Katie played in both of those games that the Raptors won. He played in game one. That uh, He played in one of those games. He scored, how many points did he score that game? He scored 30 points. The second game, he scored 50 points. That was the game that Kawhi Leonard played. But the kicker is Kawhi only played in one of those games. Let me repeat it once more for the dweebs in the background. Kawhi, of the two regular season games that the Raptors played against the Warriors, he played in one of them, and the Raptors beat the Warriors both times in, the, in those games. Now, let's move on to the NBA Finals where they face each other again. And I want to go game by game. In game one, the Raptors beat a fully healthy Warriors with the exception of Kevin Durant. They had Stephen Curry, who was, who was there. You had Draymond Green, who was there. You had Klay Thompson, who was there. The Raptors won. Game two, the Warriors beat the Raptors. Curry was there. Draymond Green was there. Klay Thompson was there. And they beat the Raptors. You see, after game one, one could say, well, he wasn't there. They were there. And they still beat them. Game three. Klay Thompson missed game three with an hamstring injury that he had suffered 10 days prior to the finals even starting. So he didn't suffer that injury in the NBA finals. And oh, by the way, they beat, they split the first two games together. In game three, the Toronto Raptors won. In game four, the Raptors won that game. And in that game, Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green all played 40-plus minutes. In game five, that's the game that Kevin Durant returned, and he tore his Achilles in the second quarter or something like that, and he got injured. But in that same game, Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green all played 40 minutes each in that game, and they lost to the Raptors. In game six... Klay Thompson tore his ACL in game six of the finals and the Raptors won that finals. Now, of the, of the six games in the finals, Klay Thompson played four. No, he played five. He got injured in game six, so he played five out of six because he missed one. But let's just say he played four because of game six he got injured. And I said KD tore his Achilles in game five in the second quarter. Now, let's go back to what Danny Green said. He said it was actually easier to game plan with Kevin Durant in, in, the, in, 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 um, in the lineup. And I totally understand that because based on the evidence, the Raptors were going to be successful with KD in the lineup anyway. Because whenever they did play with KD in the lineup, they beat them. I'm going off of the evidence that I have. Of the eight games that those teams faced each other that year, Toronto won six out of the eight games. That's regular season and finals included. Regular season and finals included. Of the eight games that they played that year, Klay Thompson was available for six of them. I'm not even going to count game six. KD was available for two and a half of them. Kawhi Leonard was available for seven of them. Stephen Curry was available for all of those games. Draymond Green was available for all of those games. The fact of the matter is simply this. 
the Toronto Raptors were a better basketball team that year than the Golden State Warriors. They were the better. Did you know that the Toronto Raptors were the fifth-ranked offense in the NBA that season and the fifth-ranked defense that season? Did you guys know that? Did you also know that the Warriors were the number one ranked offense in the NBA that year, but the 13th ranked defense? So if we're looking at it on balance, the Raptors were the better team. Any way you want to slice it, they were the better team. With this guy, with that guy, with the, without. So for the to hear Stephen A. Smith say, oh, it's because this person didn't play. He picked them to lose even before Katie even if even when they knew Katie wasn't going to play. So his point goes right in the garbage. And to me, it gives some credence and validity to the points that Danny Green brought up. And if you disagree with him, what basis are you using to disagree with him on? Because based on the evidence and the information that we have, the Raptors were the better team that year. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.